Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today we're going to talk about voter suppression. Our guest is Robert Greenwald. He's a filmmaker I've been talking to, interviewing for probably about 15 years, ever since he came out with the prescient, groundbreaking takedown of Fox News called Outfoxed. Since then, he's done documentaries on Walmart, the Iraq War, the Koch brothers, drone strikes, and many, many more. His latest film is called Suppressed, The Fight to Vote, and it focuses on the 2018 governor's race between Brian Kemp, Republican Secretary of State, and Stacey Abrams, the Democratic former state legislator and a two-time guest on It's All Political. The film shows how thousands of Georgia voters, most of whom were people of color, were virtually disenfranchised and couldn't vote because of laws and rules and barriers set up to make voting harder. This isn't just a Georgia thing. Over the last few years, 40 states have passed laws to make voting harder, and 17 million people nationwide have been purged from their voter roll. It's easy to get distracted by news about President Trump and the impeachment, but voter suppression is one of the most serious problems our democracy faces. And here is my conversation with Robert Greenwald to talk about it. Robert Greenwald, welcome to It's All Political. Thank you. It's nice to be with you in person. It's in person. We've, we've known each other or talked on the phone for years for various stories. This is the first time we've ever met. Yes. We're here in the uh, in the Piedmont home of your executive producer. Who is Guy Saperstein and Janine Saperstein, yes. And you're here. It's a, it's a fundraiser. And, uh, it's a fundraiser. It's an awareness builder. It's spreading the word about the film. So let's talk about the film. And it focuses on the 2018 race in Georgia, which was between Brian Kemp, and he was the Secretary of State, and he is a white man. And it's in Stacey Abrams, who is a former top legislator there, and is a black woman. And I mention their races because so much of voter suppression is wrapped up in race and class. And there was, there was this line in the beginning of the film, which is called Suppress, the Fight to Vote, that caught my ear. And it said, Someone said, this isn't a Klan cross-burning. It's very bureaucratic. It's very mundane. It's very routine, but it is lethal. Talk about what forms voter suppression took in this race in Georgia. Well, I knew very little about voter suppression when we began the project. In fact, I'm a sort of cynical New Yorker. I wasn't sure how many stories there really were. And we began the research thinking we would do maybe a three-minute piece or a four-minute piece, basically pull together what we'd all seen on the news. But as we got into it, the staff at Brave New Films, who are amazing off the charts. That's your production company. That's the production company, small nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, And they're off the charts, skill set and creativity and brain power, started coming up with more and more stories of people whose vote had been suppressed. So first of all, from a film point of view, what we do with all our films, whether it's Walmart or the Koch brothers, we always try to put a face on policy. Mm -hmm. Many others can do the white papers and can do the research pieces, but what we do and what film does, we need the people. 
-hmm. So as these amazing, truly patriotic, in the true sense of the word, people kept coming forward with stories, the project kind of grew and grew and grew. And we could probably have made a 10-hour miniseries, but no one would ever watch it then. Um, because there were so many people who'd been suppressed. And to answer the specific part of the question, I thought, well, maybe there's kind of one technique they use, but that's not the case. And the quote you referred to from Dr. Carol Anderson, who's an expert on uh, voting suppression, they use multiple ways of suppressing the vote. So we have an elderly gentleman, 89 years old. They move polling places. If you don't have money and if there's no public transportation, that's going to stop you from voting. They literally do that and know which districts are most heavily Democratic, most heavily African-American, almost heavily students, and those are where they close up the polling places. So there's probably seven, eight, nine different tactics, all of which we try to cover in the film so that people understand it's not one thing, it's multiple efforts. And some of the, for that gentleman, he would he said, well, my God, I don't know how to get over there. How am I going to get there? It's gonna, and then you have people who are, uh, are working all day, and, and they have to stand in line for five hours, and you talk about that. Well, that the lines also is one of the things that grabbed me. I mean, again, I'm an impatient person to begin with, but how long would you wait to vote? Would right. you wait an hour? Would you wait two hours? Would you wait three hours? And now it's costing you money, four hours and five hours. And the racist intent of all of this is so clear because it's only in the African-American districts. And we show, we interviews, oh, not we, we have some news footage of some white people say, oh, we didn't have to wait. It was fine here. Right. The people within there, we said we have more voting machines than we need in the predominantly white neighborhoods, the white precincts. Um, and this is, uh, there was other people who said um, uh, that they had to, they had to wait in line. They weren't able to um, uh, access their. Uh, they said their their um, their uh, identification wasn't valid. Um, I think there was a stat in the film that said, um, you know, most uh, was it one in six Latin Latin Latinos and, Ash, and Asian Americans are six times as likely to be cut from voter rolls as white voters there, and black voters were I think eight times as likely as white voters. What is, tell us what's behind that. So there's a couple of techniques. Now, remember, it's not that they individually can pick, but what they do is they pick districts, they pick areas, and then they'll focus on that. Mm -hmm. So the purging, which there's been a lot of attention about, the purging is more heavily done in African-American uh, or student areas. Voter ID, the so-called matching. So we have a gentleman in the film who shows literally because of a dash, he has a hyphenated name. On his driver's license, it looks one way. On his social security, it's another way without the dash. He's disqualified. We say, well, how could that be? Well, that's what has been done because the research shows, and they know this, African-American names tend to be more heavily hyphenated. We have a war veteran who talks about the fact that it was easier to him to vote absentee ballot when he was in Iraq than Jesus, it was yeah. to vote in the state right next to Georgia. And by the way, it's important that everyone understand, yes, this is Georgia, but it's a case history of what is going on 
throughout the country. Right. And that's that's a very important point to make because there have been uh, seven, 17 million people purged from roles nationwide. There are something like, what, 40 states that have changed their rules. This is uh, just in, since uh, President Trump has been elected. Um, have changed it rules to make it harder to vote in states. We don't, I think part of the thing here for some of our core listeners in California is there's, there isn't the voter suppression issues here as there are in other states. Tell us about some of the things that other states are doing. Well, I, I, that was the critical uh, factor because at Brave New Films, again, because we're small, because we can only do a limited number of projects. If it had just been Georgia, as outrageous as it is, and as incredible as Stacey Abrams is, we probably wouldn't have done it. But we are seeing, not just us, there are experts, think tanks, academics, activists, seeing this all over the country. That's, in fact, why Stacey Abrams has founded Fair Fight, mm -hmm. to make sure that it's, the fight is taken into various states. So you have a gentleman in the film uh, from tape saying Wisconsin, which was a critical state, mm -hmm. the numbers support the idea that voter suppression are what caused Wisconsin to go in Trump's category. Mm -hmm. And then you have other states where they're trying so Specifically things. the black vote in Milwaukee. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, the efforts are consistent. Many of them are legal, but there also are victories. There are victories in states where, <clears throat> excuse me, people are organized, they're fighting back, they're taking action. In Florida, where they passed the ballot initiative so that former felons could vote, mm -hmm. of course, now then they immediately tried to put a poll tax on it, but there is progress. And I think that's important because I, people should understand there are different organizations, there are different ways to work. And the film is ultimately a tool to arouse the emotions. At Brave New Films, you know, we always, always believe, start with the heart and then the mind will follow when you're doing film. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, then people can get engaged, get involved, uh, show the film, which is free and all over the country in every conceivable venue. You can get this on YouTube. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it. You can screen it at a school. You can. We're going to have a seven, eight hundred screenings at colleges and high schools. You can screen it at a faith. We're having it screened in bookstores, advocacy groups, elected officials. You name it. There's a screening. What is the biggest challenge in in doing a film and in or writing stories for that matter about a topic like voter suppression? What is the biggest challenge, especially in an election year? There's so much hype about. Uh, the, the Democratic primary race. We have the uh, you know, obviously the impeachment stuff going on in the background here. What is your challenge into getting this story out? So it, there's two parts. The sort of making of it, the, the hard part is what I alluded to earlier, which is the personalization, mm -hmm. finding the people without turning them into pundits whose personal and universal human experience connects to us in a way so that we see ourselves in the 89-year-old African-American man or the 19-year-old student who's voting for the first And, the, and the younger people had a lot of clips that they had sold or saved. They had um, uh, they shared that with you, obviously. Uh, that was archival stuff that was very fresh, actually. Yes. I mean, that, thank goodness for the technology here yeah. where people video and they someone was at the polls and video the mm -hmm. waiting and you know the students had example uh, after example of it. So it, it allows us to tell the story in one way. But the biggest challenge, I would say, and this is why I'm very appreciative of this interview and others, is reaching people. Mm -hmm. The 
film is free. You can go to bravenewfilms.org. You can sign up there for um, a house party where we provide a guide, uh, a study guide if it's school, a reflection guide if it's a faith community. Mm -hmm. And our goal is 2020 screenings by the 2020 election. But that's only going to happen if people listening to this decide not just to watch it and get upset, but to do something. Mm -hmm. If people just watch it, we've failed. But if they watch it and then they take action, and they're all different kinds of action, then we're on the way to raising the awareness, energizing, activating, and motivating people to stop this. I mean, it's the most fundamentally anti-democratic thing I could think of. I literally had days when I'd be sitting in the editing rooms thinking, is this really the United States in this year that this fight is happening again? It, it was almost as though I was looking at a film being made in, uh, you know, if it could be made in like 1840, you know, in the way that the just the, the, the racial lines were drawn. You're listening to my interview with Robert Greenwald. We'll have more right after this. And here's more from my conversation with Robert Greenwald. I wanted to add something earlier that, that when Stacey Abrams, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, and, and both before and after the race, and she said something that was in your movie, uh, which was also very important to, to note here. Uh, Brian Kemp, the guy she ran against, he was the Secretary of State. And now Secretary of State in states, those are the people who run elections. So uh, there's nothing illegal about this, it, but it, it raises some question because she said the person who was in the game was also the referee. And that's that's weird. Um, how did, and, and this is, and since 2013, Kemp had purged 14% of Georgia's electorate. Um, it is, as someone said in the movie, a pernicious way to deal with this stuff. How did how did that whole dynamic affect what was going on in Georgia? Well, the overall effect was again the fundamentally in conflict to our values as people and as a country what was happening in Georgia. The politicians were choosing who they wanted the voters to be. The voters weren't choosing ultimately who they wanted to be their elected representatives. So the combination of purging and closing polls and long lines and uh, absentee ballots and perfect matches, all of that were designed so that the elected officials could say, here's who we want to vote, and we're eliminating those who we decide we don't want to vote for us. And those were the key fights right after the Civil War. People died for these rights, right, particularly in the South, particularly African Americans, and it's obscene that this fight is going on again today. You have a very poignant clip in there from Elijah Cummings, who, of course, recently passed. About he said his uh, his mom was a sharecropper. Said on her you know, deathbed, "If do not let them take our vote away from us." A very uh, poignant. I'm, I'm sure that was in the film before uh, he passed. Um, what um, you, you said how people can get involved and do something about it. Where are the states that you're concerned about most next? Um, there, I'm sure you've heard about uh, after the movies come out uh, and, and and got a little run online. Where have you heard that people are concerned and where are you concerned? Well, there's two different levels of concern. If you focus primarily on the presidential race, there are five, six states that look like they're going to be the key deciding states. In the film, there's a gentleman from Wisconsin talking about the fact that 
Yeah, there's facts, the numbers that back up the idea that Wisconsin was suppressed. African-American voters in Milwaukee particularly were suppressed, and that cost the Democratic nominee the election. So mm-hmm. that would be an issue um, going forward. Mm-hmm. And if you look at any of the other sort of so-called swing states or key states, that would be, if your focus is presidential, that would be one area. But then there's widespread suppression in states that are not swing states, uh, Texas. You know, there's a tremendous number of uh, horrific laws there. Florida, as we discussed, so there are probably five, ten different states. At Brave New Films, we try not to pick the one campaign or the one best way to fight or where to fight. But at the website, you know, we're working with Indivisible and we're working with Fair Fight and we're working with ACLU and we're working with Black Voters Matter, smaller groups in the states. And again, I hope that people will be motivated uh, to say I can do something and I will do something about this. You spent some time with Stacey Abrams. Um, she, I, there was a couple of Senate seats open in Georgia. She de- decided not to run for them. Why do you think that was? Well, I mean, everyone makes their decisions. Human beings are complicated. Even elected officials <laughs> are complicated. But she's such even an, elected officials yeah, are complicated. complicated. Sometimes yeah. more complicated. Yes, and you know there are many things going on. But she's such an amazingly talented and inspirational human being that I hope her she will continue to make choices that all of us will benefit. And we are benefiting from her starting Fair Fight, her going around the country, and her working to uh, build awareness about this issue and what is going on. She pointedly said, as in, which is a great clip you have in, in the film, I did not concede this race, which politicians always say on, on the night that they lose a race, because conceding would, would mean this was done in a fair fashion, and it wasn't. Right. It's. I mean, I cannot imagine on a human level what it would be like to run that incredible campaign, to register so many voters, to get so many voters turning out and have the election suppressed in that way. As a human being, I just don't know how you, I mean, she says it, she said about she went to people's home and she met with them and talked with them. And she said at the end of, we use at the end of the film, she says, it broke my heart. And mm. I can imagine it breaks my heart every time I see that clip. Yeah. But our job with the film and with all of your listeners will be to hopefully engage people, uh, angry, broken heart, miserable, pissed off, wanting to do something. All right. Every time we talk over the last 15 years, we uh, always like to go back in the Greenwald vault. And I'm, there's, but I'm going to go back to a, a serious film and then and then a, a two, uh, then another not so serious film. Um, one is um, you were onto the Fox News uh, trail far beyond, far before many others. Uh, was it 2003? Was yeah, you had yes. a film called Outfoxed? Yeah, just before the. Uh presidential election yes yeah. and it was talking about you know the how fox news is essentially state-sponsored media um i want to get your take about what you know how you've seen what, what do you think of the current evolution of fox it seems to be even more so now they they the one of the last few remaining uh voices of someone who would go against the uh the, the trend there uh shepherd smith just left what what do you make of Fox these days? Well, they've, they've got so exceeded where I thought they would be when we did the film. When we did the film, we had big fights with 
um, people who are Democrats, people who are liberals saying, oh, it's not that bad. But the technology became our friend there, as it has over the years, because we were able to take the clips, copy them. We literally copied them on old VCRs mm. and then put them in log books by hand oh. so that we could show the pattern and then we could show the clips that they were demonizing Democrats over and over and over again. It never occurred to me that ultimately, you know, Hannity would be advising the president <laughs> on what to do and what not to do. Yes. I mean, you know, I, but people would have said I was crazy back then. And I also remember so clearly, it's like out of a movie, meeting a source in the lobby, and that person turned over to me a briefcase, and in it with the infamous Fox memos talking about yeah. here's what you should say and here's what you should not yeah. say. Uh, and of course, the few may remember or know that you were also the director of Xanadu back in your commercial filmmaking days. How, how did, as a man who do tackle so many serious topics, take us into the uh, the early Greenwald Xanadu? What what were you? What was the creative vision there, and and how did you get from Xanadu to Outfoxed? Well, I felt that the issue of leg warmers was really a deeply political <laughs> issue of inequality that I wanted to tackle. So it's still out there. I think. It's still out there. And Olivia made a very persuasive case for how <laughs> important did. it was and how great they looked on her. Yes, as a as a as a straight teenage boy, I appreciated the film at a different level. Yes. 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 Um it was uh a challenge in a you know career where we go down different paths. Um I, I do love music. I've always loved yeah. musical. I didn't understand quite how difficult the studio system would be mm -hmm. and how I did not really have the skill sets to handle the studio system. Uh, and so the film has moments that I haven't seen it in a long time, but I still love or love the idea of. And then there are moments, uh, sections that I say, how did that ever happen? I said, oh, wait, <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> all right. Robert Greenwald, thank you so much for being on And It's All Political. It's, it's great to finally meet you in yes. person after all these years. <laughs> yes. And thank you for the help in spreading the word again, you know, without a budget, without a big studio behind us or big guns of people spending zillions of dollars on commercials. We need all the help we can get in spreading the word. Okay. I'd like to thank you all for listening to this today. I'd like to thank Robert Greenwald for coming on and talking not only about voter suppression, but about Xanadu. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, and the Crate One, Karen Creighton, for producing today's podcast. And remember, no matter if it's a struggle for you to vote or there are no lines at your local polling place, it's all political. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks.